Hi, everybody. This is Jim Cornette, pro wrestling legend, and you're listening to the Book in the Territory Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. Who messy distance professional wrestler Jimmy Vine, the Boogie Wicker Man. Tell my people and my brothers and sisters, don't you dare, don't you dare miss Booking the Territory. Oh, yeah. This is a one-man gang. You're listening to Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome back, everyone, for this week's episode of Booking the Territory, the unprofessional wrestling podcast. I'm sitting here with Doc and not Hardbody Harper because Harper is running late and he told us to get started without him. So just off top, we're not sure if he's going to join us, but we're going to do this. And if he texts me while we're still recording, we will definitely conference him in. But it's sitting here, like I said, me and Doc. We're going to get through this episode. We're going to be covering June 20th, 1987 of NWA Saturday Night on TBS, along with part two with Bruce Mitchell. Hopefully you enjoyed part one last week with Bruce, and uh, Bruce came back for a second part. So, Doc, as I'm talking about that, how you doing, man? You hanging in there? Well, I did the old, if we're going to do classic wrestling, I did the old classic wrestling angle where I uh, slashed all four of Harper's tires so he couldn't be here tonight so that I could get some extra airtime. Yeah, that's nice of you to do. So, uh, you, uh, Doc and I, we did a little pre-show patron episode. It's only about 11 minutes long, but uh, we talked about, as Doc's phone's going off, we talked about a, it was another Broad Logic episode. And it's a shorter one than we normally do, but God, if that's not one of the realest ones we've ever broads done. Is, all real. broads, broads is Broads, and it's good to know that the years change on the calendar. The months change on the calendar, but the broads stay the same. It, it had to just a little tease. It had to do with broads. Uh, the minute the temperature dips under seventy degrees where we're at, these broads are ready to turn the goddamn heater on. And Doc and I are like, "What the fuck's wrong with y'all?" Yeah, everybody's got that that problem. Yes. Yeah. So I, man, I, I got to tell you, I, I, you know, I like to shoot straight when I come on here and not swerve anybody. Um, I'm a little concerned about football right now. Oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Now, I didn't get to watch the game last week because I was doing some uh, missionary work. What game? But the Cowboy game. But from That's what bullshit. I heard, it didn't turn out too good. Yeah, he watched every minute of it, and then he texted me after he was crying. He was in his tears, and uh, I actually would have responded, but I didn't see that text until like ten thirty. Uh, but uh, he was he was crying. He was uh, T Hog ninety four. I know you're a Giants fan, and we play. Uh, by the time this airs, we would have played y'all already. But uh, the um, Doc was Doc was very much depressed. We're so hey, look, we may not be good, but we beat his team, so I'm not worried about that. <laughs> okay, uh, no football <laughs> I, I, talk over here. I got a little something, something here um, that popped both of us. Um, we're going to just segue into Doc Spotlight of the Week here, um, and this week it goes to the Ether Bunny. Oh my! <laughs> yeah, buddy. Um, proving once again that we have legitimized our James Mitchell Daryl Van Horn like reputation for filth and debauchery. The Book in the Territory podcast is now into the urban dictionary and uh, it's unfortunate that harper is too busy at a shoot job tonight 
to be here with us. But I feel like we should read this. We have an entry here for the Cosmic Fireball. Please proceed. I, I, I actually well, want you to read it. In case you're a new listener and you didn't know, first of all, I'll set this up by saying that was back when uh, Corny threw the uh, fireball at Ron Garvin and blinded him, and it caused Jimmy Garvin to do his babyface turn. And Condry comes out and says, we didn't do anything. It was a cosmic fireball, which is pretty funny in and of itself. But then, so here is the alternate booking the territory definition that is now an entry, official entry into Urban Dictionary. A sex act that occurs during fellatio when you were about to come and give her a facial while throwing a fireball at her face. So it says, my girl came back from the beauty salon looking like Ronnie Garvin. So later that night, I hit her with a cosmic fireball. It was created by the Ether Bunny on Twitter. I forget his actual Twitter handle and I don't have it in front of me. The next scenario says, my boyfriend, an old school territory wrestling fan, hit me with the old cosmic fireball this afternoon. And now my face smells like jizz and burn salve. That's nice, Doc. Are you proud of yourself? That this is this is the kind of people that you associate with. That definition is all credit goes to you. you oh that. no, that was you all the way. No, that was one that you came up with. It is on the tape, roll tape. It was that shit was straight from you. You created that. So the Ether Bunny for getting booking the territory, although it's a little sketchy, the the location <laughs> we were pimped in. Uh, <laughs> Does get the doc spotlight because, as always, when you do work for the show, you get into the spotlight. The other one I want to say is, um, man, I, I got to throw it out to, to my boy. Well, actually, myself, it's kind of like a boomerang here to Denim Fritz for all his fine work on Twitter. I heard he's been riling up the marks, he's been getting everybody started, man. Jesus. <laughs> it's like i like people he's working he sent out a tweet saying that i don't give you and hopper any credit on the mid-south it's, show it's the very thing is like the the end of the mid-south show it's like you're trying to get the plugs in real quick and just because i didn't mention on one episode or the episode he was listening to your name specifically and hopper's name specifically he he sends out a tweet and everybody took him serious it's so true. I start getting and it, DMs and emails saying, hey, what's the deal? I'm like, I didn't neglect nobody. He's fucking with y'all. I didn't no, respond. I'm not. No, I'm not. And here's the thing. I don't know each of you personally, but I, y'all all get the spotlight, too, for blowing <laughs> up his DMs on this shit. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I listened to last week's Cornette episode, and when Brian last talks about he goes, Mike Mills and I do the blah, blah, blah. He doesn't say Mike Mills from booking the tour. So he ain't pimping us. And then you get on there and you're like, well, I mean, I have some guys and we do a show. Bruh, you need to remember where your bread is buttered in this world. Have pal. you listened to episode? Have you listened to episode? Well, let me tell you something. All those are already recorded. So whatever I said is what I said. I don't remember if I plugged you uh, and Harper's name specifically, but I will tell you this. If, if you listen to episode four, you will, you will hear your name. Well, I didn't. I haven't gotten been able to get that far. I have been doing some uh, mentoring of some recently caged children who got free, and I'm I'm helping them return back to that's nice uh, civil, civilization. So I haven't had a chance to listen to the latest episode. I hope it's better than the previous three. 
That's nice. So, I, Venom so Fritz, how many? I got a real question here. I think to, I think to help um, a couple other Twitter handles get their feud on, uh, being fake Mike Mills and the late Brian Last or late Last. How many of those episodes did y'all record a year ago? Wait, what? How what? many Mid South episodes did y'all record like a year ago? How many are in the can? It's over ten. Okay. So I was just wondering at what point you got to like brush that off and get it back up on that horse. Yeah, you got to start getting on it. That's true. Uh, we got a few more. I, mean, I got to imagine. I mean, not everybody, and it's mostly me and a little bit you, but not everybody just gets in the ring and has natural chemistry like you and I do. You can tell y'all two are forced a little bit, and so now y'all got to like relearn <laughs> the chemistry and how to work with one another. I don't Can envy you, you on see, that. Can you see this? Is this is I, well? No, I'm not even gonna ask. I'm not even gonna ask. Never mind. I was I was gonna say something, but I'm not going to. Well, but, hey, maybe me and Denim Fritz. Well, me and myself ought to start. Oh, my okay. own yeah. Good luck with and that. Just, Let me know how it works out. For I'll you. just I'll just mention myself a lot. Let me do this before we get to the NWA portion of the show. Shout out. Shout out to Kevin Mathers and Matt D. A couple of new patrons out there. Appreciate you becoming patrons. And then shout out to Mitchell Johnson. He was a previous patron on Podbean, but he moved over to Patreon. So thank you, Mitchell. And enjoy the Broad Logic show that we just dropped. It'll probably be out before this show. So, uh, And if you're not a patron, remember it's tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. That's tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. I was talking to Lance this week as we were recording the next World Class Show doc, and Lance was talking about how he definitely feels like he's the double white meat babyface of BTT. And he listened to a Hall of Fame episode that I put together with all the sound clips of the various crazy moments, and he's like, Man, you guys are insane, crazy. It was funny. It was hilarious. But uh, he definitely feels like he's the white meat baby face of uh, of us. I'm the people's champion here, so I don't know what he's talking about. And I'm not really concerned with him. In fact, anyway, I don't really even know who he is. Of course you don't. There you is go, he, plain is he denim Fritz? But go to, if you want to listen to the world-class shows and all the patron episodes that we have posted, go to tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. For as little as two bucks a month, you get access to all of those shows that are posted there that we do. Um, the great part about Patreon is you can put it on Podcast Attic, iTunes, etc. Again, two bucks a month. You can do more. If you do as much as nine, you can get a t-shirt after seven months. So there you have it. Uh, again, it's tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. Alright, Doc, uh, we need to get into this show now so uh we had a rather long episode of nwa saturday night this week would you agree jesus christ where were the braves when you need them <laughs> long 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 episode man but uh so a long episode man, I mean, and that's were... one of those things that like if you do a few weeks or seven eight weeks in a row at the 80 90 minute mark it's not bad but that's like when you get at our age when you get like you get a little sinus infection or cold chest cold or something you can't run on the treadmill then you go out there to the treadmill for your first day back after a few days and you run like 30 feet and you're like holy shit i can't breathe that's what this shit felt like it was like dude this thing felt like it was four hours long because we've been lapping up these 40 minute episodes yeah it was it was it was it was long and then the first I felt like i was watching it, a i felt like i was watching a wwf pay-per-view man seven hours long and shit it was long. In the first part, there wasn't much happening. So I'll jump into the first part now. But uh, we got a replay of what went down at the end of last week with Dusty beating Tully 
but then not winning because Tommy Young reversed the decision. You all remember all that. And uh, Crockett and Shivani come in. They say a few words about what's happening. And then Garvin, he, Jimmy Garvin interrupts. He cuts a promo. There's nothing much from it. So we want to keep it moving at this point. But that's your opening of the show. Uh, Barry Windham then defeats Brody Chase uh, rather quickly. And then Barry cuts a promo that's super short, barely 40 seconds. He's just pushing the Great American Bash and War Games, and that's about it. Uh, that is followed by a, another quick match. Uh, well, not that quick, but quick enough. Jimmy Valiant and Lasertron as they tag up against Thunderfoot 1 and 2. Valiant and Lasertron obviously get the win. Uh, Doc, you got anything from everything I just went through before we go to the first promo we're going to play? Just one quick note that I thought it was that Jimmy Valiant is a true, true worker. He made laser. He made Hector do all the work, and then the white man came in and got the pin. <laughs> ain't that ain't that about a bitch? Stupid dude. It was. Oh, always playing. Man, baseball. I tell you what. I, well, I tell you what. I just know how the world really works. And you know, if you if you're gonna say that race doesn't factor into how the world really works, then you're being naive. Man, Boogie may not have an angle. Other than this half-assed, half-baked, whatever new new breed thing, he's still over. Oh, say it all the time. Boogie's over. Boogie's a man, bro. Boogie is the man. Let all my people. No. Let all my people know to listen to booking the territory. Yeah, Boogie's a man. All right, so let's go now from that. And there's been major problems I have from the network whenever I try to play these promos. And the sound quality on the network is much better than on YouTube. So I'm going to try to play this first promo with Dusty and Magnum. But if it cuts off and i got to switch over to YouTube, I'll do that. So here it is. Shivani's going to throw us to Dusty and Magnum as they're sitting down uh, talking about what happened with the match with $100,000 on the line in the TV title. Here it is. For Dusty Rhodes because of what happened with the money in the title. But one great thing we all saw was America's team walking down the aisle once again. Dusty Rhodes along with Magnum TA. Right now, let's hear them together. Magnum TA and Dusty Rhodes, America's team. The American dream is being that Maggie May. You know, the past weeks, what's happened to Dusty Rhodes, I feel that a man that comes on an interview and screams and hollers week in and week out and week in and week out, I don't grant a lot of interviews in the last year, year and a half, two years, because Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream, is a very special person. In Greensboro, North Carolina, two things happened simply. As I beat Tully Blanchard for the world's television title, no doubt. And J.J. Dillon stole my money. $50,000 belongs to me, a hundred grand total. Tommy Young is probably the greatest referee in professional wrestling. He was there when I won the world's heavyweight title. He said he called it like he's seen it. Now that as we've passed by, I have to live with that. I understand in the heat of battle, things do transpire. What he's seen was Tully Blanchard's foot on the rope. That's Tommy. Forget about Tommy. Mr. Jim Crockett, Jim Crockett Promotions in the Great American Bash, July the 18th in Charlotte, North Carolina, gives me the opportunity to win my $100,000 back. And Tully Blanchard, when they drape that barbed wire around that ring, brother, and they hang that money in the center in a sack, you'll know what it is to be in there with the legend Dusty Rhodes himself. So business is going to be taken care of. But another thing that was on my mind was my closest friend, a man that came back from from where he they had said when he first started out, where well, shouldn't he be walking? I seen the eye of the tiger in this man's eyes. 
And I know now is a, is a point in time that what Maggie May is getting ready to start taking care of business of his own. And Maggie, I know you got something to say about it. That's right. You know, some nine months ago, they said, never walk again. I set my mind right then and there at that point that there'd come a day when I'd walk in an arena somewhere in this country with my main man, American Dream Dusty Rhodes. And that's exactly what I did. Had that plan all laid out. There was a great injustice done on that day. Something that I feel very personally responsible for. But the fact of the matter is this, all the people out there know this is the world's television champion sitting here beside me. And that $100,000 will be his again. But I want to give a special message to Tully Blanchard. Because, you know, I take things one step at a time. But I've got my sights narrowed in right now. I see a great big light at the end of that tunnel. And I've got some plans that I'm going to make sure happen one way or the other at all costs. It doesn't matter to me anymore. Because there's going to come a day, a very special day, when I step inside that ring again. And I'm going to take care of business. And nobody, nobody walking the face of this earth is going to be able to stop me from doing that. Oh, it's the War Games commercial again, Doc. Okay. We didn't play this last week. Yeah, we did, didn't we? It froze up on us. We'll turn it down now. Okay, so Doc, my thoughts on Magnum. I guess when I was 11, 12, I thought, oh, he'll come back. Yeah, he shouldn't be fooling people, fucking with people like that. But, like, first of we all, have the have benefit to, of he, age and in hindsight here. We have the benefit of age and experience at this point to be like, and to know what happened already, to be like, that motherfucker wouldn't come back, bro. He'd have to go get another person and staple him onto his current frame just to approximate the same size he used to be. Do you know what they're co- what the reference is to Maggie May? I don't, but he says it all the time. I, I mean, I'm just being honest. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't understand it. It's a Rod Stewart term, but the problem with that, it's a song, Maggie May. But the problem is, is it's like 16 years old at that point, or 15 years old. So again, the worry we have is is Dusty out of touch with 1987 wrestling. Yeah, because kids wouldn't know what that is. But I mean, I don't know if that really mattered. Didn't you think that really mattered though? I mean, I didn't think about it back then. No, no. I think it. I think what was far more telling was when he just admitted he ain't about coming out and doing a lot of interviews. No, oh, <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I don't wrestle on TV, <laughs> and I don't really like to uh, talk on TV. You know, he did need to say what he said about Tommy Young, though, because Tommy Young—that was really like, great because it 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 absolutely absolved Tommy Young of being the heel turn. Or he's like, "Look, man, sometimes shit don't go your way." Yeah, I thought he, I thought it. Tommy either was looking like he was about to be a heel, or he just looked kind of foolish. And I thought yeah. Dusty saying that it kind of took that away from it. Yeah. That was that was real that was real needed. Yes, yeah, it was. So, anything else from that? Going back to the time machine and looking at it, I know why they've got Magnum out there because, dude, it's a hell of a story for him to, be, like he said, for him to be up walking is in and of itself being alive and upright and being able to cut the promo is a major achievement. But man. He ain't coming back. It's a feel-good story to have him out there cutting that promo, but... You're damn right it is. 
But makes me want to get happening. in my car right now and go real fast on a wet road. It ain't it ain't happening, man. It's yeah. And the thing is, he looked like when you see him seated. I said this a while back when he did that sit down interview a couple months ago. When you see him seated, you don't realize it. But when it's when he starts walking around and they show that full body shot, it's like oh man, he's he's done. He's done. Okay. Let's keep it moving. We got Nikita Koloff versus Hal Moore. Nikita wins with ease. And then we go to a promo with Shivani talking to Jim Crockett Jr. And I thought this was this was definitely needed. <laughs> kind of comical as I look back at it. Uh, let's hear what they got to say. Fans throughout the country. But this week, let's bring in Mr. Jim Crockett, president of Jim Crockett Promotions. The phone has been ringing off the hook about the Great American Bash. I know you've been very busy in meetings. One thing is on everybody's mind, though, Dusty Rhodes and Tully Blanchard. That's correct. Dusty Rhodes and Tully Blanchard uh, match on June the 6th caused a great deal of controversy. Uh, when J.J. Dillon took that bag of money, there was a check in there for $50,000. We stopped payment on that check. We offered Mr. Blanchard a rematch in Charlotte, North Carolina on July the 18th. We're going to hang over the ring, spend over a ring, a bag with $100,000 in it. And the two gentlemen accepted, Dusty and Telly. But we're going to surround the ring with barbed wire. No way in, no way out, and the winner will get $100,000. And that'll be in Charlotte, July 18th. Memorial Stadium is part of the Great American Bash. Barbed wire around the ring and the $100,000 high above the ring. Let's hear this about the Great American Bash. Barry Switzer. Hi, this is Barry Switzer reminding you not to miss pro wrestling's biggest event of the summer, the Great American Bash. See wrestling's toughest athletes, Clyde, in the hottest bouts of the year. For family fun and excitement this summer, it's the Great American Bash. You want to... Okay. Where do you want got... me to start? Fuck that motherfucker. <laughs> Why? You can't get mad at him. You got to get mad at the fact that Jimmy and Jerry couldn't get along. But that's a nah, football that, thing. that asshole cost me a ring. We should have had five, we should have had four in a row, but he didn't have the team ready in San Francisco in the championship game. Then we started getting back in it, and he got his buffoon ass on the field and got an unsportsmanlike conduct for running into the damn ref. That motherfucker can snack an infinitely supplied bowl of dicks. Okay, can, Look, let's get back to, if, let's if get you're back try, to the wrestling. If, if you're trying to recruit, if you're trying to recruit a bunch of people who can pull out shotguns and shoot up a dorm in the '80s and run the triple option, then that he's your guy. But if we're trying to win, oh, you get me worked up now. I ever tell you the story about Michael Irvin told about Barry Switzer? Uh, no, but I got a feeling if it's got something to do with Michael Irvin, <laughs> Mr. Cocaine Snorter. No, no. He just said that he swore one time they were, Miami was playing Oklahoma and he caught a ball and was heading down the sideline. He said, I swear to God, I looked over and saw Switzer smoking a cigarette on the sideline. That's not that funny. And I then you could say something better. No, but did you, did you, apparently the story is, I think it was Billy Sims. He made a recruiting call at a payphone at halftime. To Billy Sims and said, "Are you watching us on TV?" He's like, "Yeah." And he goes, "All right, I'm just making sure you're watching. We get to get back to hanging half a hundred on these assholes and hung up and went and coached the second half." But I am just, I ain't kidding. Fuck that motherfucker. Now, second of all, I'm confused. I got more questions about these these stipulations here. So, is this a ladder match? Nah, I yeah, I didn't no, no. But this was confusing when he said he was gonna. Hang the money over the ring. I, I didn't remember that, but you know. And then I can gloss over that. I, I popped when he said Barbara, when JJ took ahead. the money, they stopped the payment of the check. 
That makes sense. That's logical. I like that yeah. kind of logic. Me too. <laughs> I mean that those Me are too. those are easy things that are like okay. We're a legitimate business who would do legitimate business things. That that makes perfect sense to me. Now, yeah, but it, and he talks about the but then you know it's going to be a barbed wire match on July 18th, I think it was. Yeah. Um. So we're right. going to well, we're going to do barbed wire. That's interesting. Don't you think? I guess. Uh, for that's 1987, a, I would a, say so. Well, I, I'm going to tell you right now. Depending on how it's gimmicked. Barbed wire is hardcore whenever you want to do it. Oh, yeah, of course. Hey, I mean, what else you got from it? That's about it. I mean, I like the fact that, you know, they're, they're, this, shit, this shit ain't over by a long shot. Yeah, they're dragging it out. JJ took the money. They stopped payment on the check. Therefore, Jim Crockett Jr. makes the announcement. There'll be a barbed wire match during the bash for $100,000. I mean... Whether you like barbed wire match or not is another thing, but it all makes sense. They got to drag it out. They got to do something. So I got a question for you. How old do you think Jim Crockett Jr. is right there? I don't think he's that old. I don't know. How old? 42. I was going to say 45. He's 42 right there? Yeah. (sighs) Mm. That's scary, bro. Mm -hmm. Because I don't feel I look that old. Mm Mm-mm. But I look, you know, I have boyish good looks. Okay. The next matchup is the you, Mod Squad. You look like <laughs> a guy who took too many chair shots, but me, bruh. Okay. The next match is the Mod Squad versus Mike Jackson and Alan Martin. We haven't seen Mike Jackson in a while, but the Mod Squad wins. After that, we got Ivan Koloff and Manny Fernandez, the team that was champs that are no longer champs that they never said anything about, versus Todd Champion and Denny Brown. Six-minute match, Ivan and Manny win. Doc, anything from those two matches? These matches went too long. Some of them did. The, the match with Manny and Ivan against Todd Champion and Denny Brown, I was like, wow, that 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 did kind of carry on a little while. But after they're done, we get J.J. Dillon, Tully, and Dark Journey out there, and let's hear what they have to say. Here it is. We've all heard the big announcement. July 18th, Charlotte's Memorial Stadium, $100,000 high above the ring. Barbed wire wrapped around to keep people out, but also that barbed wire can get rather mean at times on the men in the ring, Tully. You know, Tony Schiavone, let's talk about first things first. Tully Blanchard Enterprises is going well. My private secretary, look at this. Look at as good as anybody can look. J.J. Dillon making more money each and every day for me and the horsemen. But you know, Dusty Rhodes, you come out here sitting there all prim and proper on camera with Magnum T.A., your main man, Maggie May. But you know, Big Dust, two things that you said happened on June 6th don't seem to sit quite right with me. Because you know, I've got this. Many men can claim being a world's television champion and get up here and talk about doing something. But there's only one that comes out and is the world's television champion. When it goes on a marquee, it's not Dusty Rhodes, it's Tully Blanchard, one of the four horsemen, world's television champion. Now Magnum TA, from a man in your position, God almighty, making threats from almost beyond the grave is another thing. Big boy, if you want me to gain my reputation by knocking you out, you just step up out of the chair one more time. And it'll be done because, you know, I don't like you anyway. But, you know, J.J., the thing that really turns my whole stomach about the whole thing, we thought Jim Crockett was the ultimate in businessmen. 
Cancel the check. Half of the money. We've only got half the money. Cancel the check. Jim Crockett called me a thief. How can he even accuse me of even thinking about being a thief? You can't be accused of stealing what is already yours. And the winner of the match has signified by the referee and still world television champion and therefore rightful owner of the $100,000 is Mr. Blatcher. How can you accuse me of stealing what is already mine? You call me a thief and then I have to walk into the bank with that big bag of money and sit there while all those tellers shouted and then I smile when I slid over the check for the last 50 grand only to have them come back to me and tell me I was going to have to change my deposit slip because you stopped payment on the check. Now we're going to go back to Charlotte and you put barbed wire around the rings. What do you want to do? You have ripped him off of his money. You want to cut his body to shreds. What are you trying to do? Well, Memorial Stadium, Charlotte, North Carolina, we are going to be prepared. And Dusty Rhodes, after the war games and the match beyond, you might welcome the barbed wire. You get what I mean? You know, Tony Schiavone, the one thing that really comes to mind, I'm going to be in the ring with the legend, Dusty Rhodes. Well, that's right, Big Dust. I'm going to be in the ring with you. And I've been in there many times before. And I, like I've said many times, the best, the only man on the face of the earth to beat you more times than any other man is me. So on the 18th of July, Dusty Rhodes, barbed wire is going to be around the ring. And you've got to be in there with Tully Blanchard, one of the four horsemen, the world's television champion. And you know, Big Dust, the embarrassment factor is more than the money factor right now because we've had to take the money out of the bank. And Big Dust, it's all going to come to a head. Because I tell you what, it can't go on like this any longer. It's got to come to an end. And the barbed wire is going to take that skin of yours off just as well as it's going to take mine. And you tell Mr. Crockett one thing. This time we want all the money in the bag in cash. That's it. Boy, things are cooking for the Great American Bash. Fans, we'll be right back. JJ like, motherfucker, we don't want to check this time. You put the book cash in there. You ain't stopping payment this time, you bitch. What you got, Doc? I like this because I don't have to wait for Harper to talk. I can just get started on what I think. Oh, that's it. That just made you a heel. All right, what you got from it? I think we could probably start doing this show without him, right? Whatever. Okay. I wonder. I, well, what I want to know is which one of these blabbermouth idiots out in the crowd is going to run back to the Facebook. <laughs> Harper, did you hear what Doc said about you? Nah, bruh. <laughs> he said he wants to do the show without you. Whatever, bruh. All okay, right. can we get back to the show? Jesus, what? Dude, all right, that was really oh. good. Tully's talking about slapping a crippled man. Bruh. Dude. That's some, he that's some heel activity right there. He told him he needed to shut his trap. This, I'm paraphrasing. This is not what he said, but he told Magnum to shut his trap because he's lucky he's not six feet deep. Yeah. I mean, that's some, that's that some was heel what, that's, shit right there. That was some super-duper heel shit right there. Man. Um, yeah, I'll make this reputation of slapping you back out of, down if you get up out of that chair again. Holy crap. Um, there's that. Then the, the visual picture of, I, I, I just see like JJ down at the First National Bank of Morristown, Tennessee. Now he's down at the First Charlotte Bank. 
They're counting out ones and like here's a stack of dimes and they got this fifty thousand dollars. Now where were we again? And then they come back, sir. The check has been canceled. God knocks over the the dimes go spilling everywhere. That's just funny uh, because JJ did a great job of painting that visual picture. And then the thing that's really good is when Tony comes back, it reminds everybody of all the people who beat Dusty. He's beaten Dusty the most. That's awesome. JJ was really good here. JJ was really good. Tully was really good. Hey, man, that barbed wire works both ways. Sure does. Sure that does. was, and so I thought Dusty cut a good promo earlier. I think JJ and Tully came out and did their part. Two guys, man, it's not just about money now, it's about embarrassment. You just heard them. Yeah, great, great so, back and forth, man. So now great, we got personal issues, we got large sums of cash. Let's do this thing. Something I mean, I know we, ju- I know we just did it, but let's do it again. Well, and something we always point out every time we do these shows or talk about it. So, I mean, Dusty's part was obviously pre-tape, but Tully heard what he said, so he goes out there without a script. Him and JJ, and they play off each other, and they cut a damn good promo about this match, and they make fun of Magnum, and. JJ tells what he feels is a true story about him trying to cash the check and deposit in the cash. It's just real. I mean, this is why you don't like when we say we hate scripted promos. It's because of stuff like that. That shit wasn't scripted. They just had in their mind what they wanted to say. And they went out there and put their words to, to it as it was being filmed. There's no script. This is good stuff. When you know what you're doing, you don't need a script. They hand you a script tomorrow when you clock in to work. Jesus. Thank God they would. They don't. Uh, the next match is Nikita versus. I don't even have it written down, but he wins. Uh, oh no, no, I'm sorry. There's not a Nikita. Nikita cuts a promo. Uh, it's not bad. He tells Luger to stick it up his ass, but that was that was all I had from it. I, I didn't plan on playing it. Did you have anything from it, Doc? No. Okay. Ron Garvin is up next versus John Hardy. Uh, Crockett is about to get off on this as usual. Someone in the crowd is screaming, "Put him in a pretzel!" And of course. Garvin puts him in a pretzel. Dude, hold on. At the where is it? I got the I got the mark here. It's at the forty-five. Hold on. It's goddamn phone. At the forty-five thirty mark. He, I swear to God, he tore that dude's quad. Let's see if I can watch forty-five thirty. You say? Yeah. Okay. Let me. Doesn't let me go to the exact time. Let's see. He's got him bent around, and then he grabs that leg and cranks back on it, and it's like, gah. Damn. <laughs> oh my god. Oh yeah. He's got this shit. Oh. I can't even describe it. Uh Cinch, he's got him both. He's got him bow and arrowed. Yep, cinched in too. Deep, snug. Uh yep. later in the match, Tony popped me when he started going, Can you imagine a guy wanting to date Ronnie Garvin's daughter and coming to the door? <laughs> that shit was funny because I could I can imagine it not going well. Yeah, that would not go well at all. I mean, but, have uh, to be a- Crockett's going all. He's getting off as usual on this. He's yeah. just he's he's soiling his britches, man. Yes. And I know, and I just noticed for you know we're now forty five minutes into this, and while we've had a couple of good promos, the in ring action and eh, the crowd is into this day, pal. They're yeah, loud. A lot, of, a lot of young kids out there. They're into it. They're chanting for Garvin. 
Let's go to Ronnie Garvin after his promo because I thought this was I thought this was very good. It was short, but it was I thought it was a really effective you promo. Ron, you said this is Ron Garvin. Yes. Yeah. This is he's fired up, pal. Yeah. This was a real good one. Here it is. The fans love. Go ahead. Anything you want. What makes me mad? How come? Because I have a lot of respect for professional wrestling. I expect to wrestle a man. I expect to fight. I don't want my money for nothing. I don't want Jim Crackett to write a check. And it says, for nothing. I want to fight. American Bash is around the corner. Now you're going to see some fights. That's the place to be. The four horsemen. It don't matter who it is. Somebody's going down. Nobody's going undefeated at the Great American Bash. Nobody is going to go on scratch. Nobody's going to come out of there and say, nothing happened to me. I did it all. No, somebody's going to lose some titles. Somebody's going to lose some money. And somebody's going to get their rear end kicked real good. And Jimmy Garvin and I, my brother and I, are going to start with a midnight express. You understand? I'm hot. I'm ready. Give her a best around the corner. And the Garvins are going to be right in the middle. I bet you better believe it. Ronnie Garvin, let's go back to the ring. Garvin's fired up there, Doc. He's and it's believable. It's believable because he doesn't do that every week. Yeah, he doesn't scream and holler like that. He's yeah. It's one of those things where because he's screaming and hollering, you're like, oh, something must be up. He's he's really pissed. That's one of those cases where I don't think it's what he said as much as although there was some of the what he said I thought was good, but it's just dude, he's worked up, and you know, it's kind of like when your grandpa got excited, shit. Shit must be popping off because he don't ever get upset, you know? Well, it was believable, too, because he always – Garvin says, I want to fight. And if you watch any of his matches, that's exactly what he wants. He, he I just felt like that brawl. was a shoot. Yeah, I would. I like, can see that. I want to come out here and mix it up with somebody and I don't know. I thought it stood out there. So good job, Ron. You get my yeah. seal of approval. For real. Okay, so let's go Why to the next Why don't we talk match. about it this is... like it's real? <laughs> In the words of Phil Allen, who commented on somebody on a YouTube channel, why are you listening to it if you don't like it? <laughs> yeah, get the fuck on. <laughs> Mount St. Aries finest. Uh, he was what not too it, happy with what his... What is it your, your people like to say? Get to stepping. Jimmy Garvin versus Terry Jones is up next. Garvin wins with the Brain Buster. The crowd was chained for the Brain I got a Buster. question. What percentage of our listening audience do you think thinks you're white? Everybody's confused. They were talking about it on a Facebook group the other day. I don't. I, I don't even. Bruh, you, you, you've cut so many hours of audio at this point. Yes, you, where you've said various things, conf- conflicting things that I just, I just keep it rolling. I don't even address it. <laughs> That's how bad it is. You've said so much. You you and Harper have gone off about the black and miles, even though the funny part is I don't smoke. Like when I said I would have a black and mile every now and then, that literally means every now and then, like once just, every but blue see, moon. That just, that just makes you the whitest black guy around. Okay. So then when – the, it came out that I liked Hennessy, which once again I don't drink all the time. <laughs> oh, then, that's the biggest lie you've told in months. 
Then, of course, people like Fake Stan Lane got that shit going. He was like, oh, my God, he is a black dude. He drinks See? Hennessy. Yep. So, I don't know, bro. Can we, can we move on? I'm here to talk wrestling and not race. I told you earlier, race factors into everything. Okay. So, let me ask this then. Are we listening to the J.J. Dillon and Luger promo that's next? That's up to you. I don't care either way. Well, here's the note that I had. Did you notice after last week they made sure to shoot Luger from the chest up? I thought at the end they they when he took off his shirt they panned down and I thought he was trying real hard not to touch his dick. He did touch it once. <laughs> he touched it once when they panned out and they panned back in. But well, they but that's they really did their best to stay chest high. Yeah. Them bitches love it when Blix takes off his shirt. What is it with him in the fucking... It's like a nervous habit or something. He's got to, like, rub on his cock and grab it when he's cutting promos. I've noticed it for years, but you said you didn't. I don't really pay attention to it, so... I don't either, but when a motherfucker is cutting a promo and he's constantly touching his cock, it's hard to miss. See, that's why people are going to think you're white now, because white people use the word cock. Okay, dick, cock, penis... Yeah. Now everybody's confused. What race are you? Schlong is dong. Nobody used to. Dude, I ever tell you the story when I was in high school. So um I don't I still to this day don't know who did it. But but our teacher was late getting into the class. And one of the dudes in the class, again, don't know who I have no clue where he got this picture from, but he got a picture of, I guess it was out of Play Girl or some shit, and it's a dude who's just, his dong is just fucking hanging, and he posted it, taped it to the fucking blackboard or green board, whatever the hell it was called, chalkboard, they don't even have chalkboards anymore, but you and I know about this, he posted it, and fucking teacher walked in and didn't see it for like 10 minutes. And and everybody's like snickering and laughing. Maybe the teacher w- learned the art of the no-sell. <laughs> no. Here's how the teacher did not learn the art of the no-sell. Because like 10 minutes in, teacher pulled, you know, turns around and grab a stick of chalk. You know, you don't dra- grab a stick of chalk anymore because you got fucking dry erase markers. And the teacher sees it and just like, who did this? And he's all serious. Like stone face. Who did this? Like, like, like the 30 dudes in there, somebody's going to admit to it. All of you are going to have detention if somebody doesn't admit to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, buddy. Well, well, <laughs> sure no, thing, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> coach will, uh, my coach will get me out of that shit. Anyway, uh, let's, uh, we'll keep going. So, but that was Luger. Uh, I don't have nothing for the next one either. Ricky Morton was kind of, it was real, real short, was short for one. It was short. Yeah, it was nothing to it. I didn't, then Kendall didn't Corny to, have something to say about it later, though? Like, where's Gibson and... Uh yeah, because it was Morton by himself, but Corny Corny does Corny cuts one a little bit later. Uh, okay, two more down. Kendall one of defeats Tim Hardy, and then that went on a while, didn't it? Let's see, I long enough. Let me I don't say give that a shit that much about it. No, no, no. It, it, it long, three to four minutes is long enough. <laughs> okay, Road Warriors they come out and let's see what they got to say. And here they are, the Road Warriors. Shoulder pads. Tony, somebody. And the whole world, let the game begin! Now that's right, people! No more kids! Fuck you, Alicia Doom! It's more of a war than a game! You know, Ric Flair, we hear you, Tony Brazos, JJ, and Luke right here! All you snapdog punks, you had everything! Hey, if you want to sell the better, you don't know what it's like! 
us fight and beat our people to get where you want to be in this world. We didn't have things handed to us. No, we got our hands kicked in. Then we said we had enough. You know, whenever there's a cage match, whatever there's minus nine rockets. And now, the match beyond, you always see the Legion of Doom always has this man on the contract first. And you're all gonna play. Nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. Two teams enter, only one team leaves. Tell them, brother. You know, there certainly are a lot of ups and downs in life, right? Well, for the Horsemen, July 4th, War Games, it'll be up into the cage and down onto the mat and up into the turnbuckle and down to the mat and into the cage and down to the mat. And the last up and down will be this. You'll be looking up at us and we'll be looking down at you. And if we're looking down at you and you're looking up at us, that means we won. And you know something? That's all we ever do. Come on in, superpowers. Who's up for Horseman? The other team is there. Come on, Savannah, everybody's told me who's going to start the war game. All right, I turned it down when Ellering came out, but I, I wanted to ask you something, Doc. Did you see Animal? Is he swinging back and forth? And Shivani's like trying to dodge the shoulder Tr pads and the trying to get out of the way of a spike in the eye earlier. Dude, go ahead. Oh, I just he's trying to get out of the way, pal. Do, would you, do you blame him? Well, first off, man, poor any... Tony's got to stand up there with Boogie Woogie trying to kiss him, and Flair's trying to get him questionable ass from weirdo hooker stewardess bitches. I mean, Tony's in the line of fire from the get go on this show. Yeah, on every he, show, he really is, <laughs> he, and it's a you know is. it's a rib to fucking do it. So he's got to be on guard with that shit. Well, especially with Rick, when Rick starts talking about Tony, remember that girl I got you, and and, and you know Shivani's eyes just get big because he's like, I'm married. What are you doing? You can see it. Yeah, Ixnay on the itch bay talk. Yeah. <laughs> Ixnay on a bitch nay, uh, or the rat's nay. The Road Warriors here. If there's ever a team like suited for war games in a cage, oh yeah, it's, it's these dudes. And, and the other thing I've learned about Hawk in doing this is the reason Hawk is truly, and I mean truly terrifying, is that he'll cut some kind of corny ass promos, but the way he delivers them are so intense that it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, yes, sir. That's believability. That nasally, almost raspy. Because that going up and down was kind of goofy, but because he said it, I was like, uh-huh, I got it. Oh, yes, yeah. Sir. Uh, this was good, though. This is, uh, And I believe his first time on Saturday night, we've seen him with the shoulder pads. Well, with and, spikes. And it also now starts to cement the fact that, hey, we be keep calling it a, an easy, easy thing for the horseman, but let, let's hold on a damn second. Oh, yeah. With, with those two out there. Those two, and here comes Dusty, and then, you know, okay. 
Yeah, no, no, and Nikita. But no, I mean, for what it's worth, uh, it's definitely a fair fight. There's, there's, No one's bringing a knife to a gunfight in this one. Luger is up next versus Dexter Westcott. Luger wins. And then that is followed by Ric Flair. Let's hear what Rick's got to say. With the world heavyweight champion, the nature boy, Rick Flair. You got Tony Schiavone. You got it. That's here, girls. Champ, champ. That's the way it is. Everywhere I go, regardless of what you people out there want to call me to my face or to my back, the bottom line is you close your eyes every night knowing I am the champ, the best there is. And because I'm the best in this sport and any organization, you ask around, I have the choice of wrestling with the people I want to wrestle with. And I only surround myself with the best in this sport. In other words, if I want to shave my head and wear a Halloween costume out here and put some paint on my face, I can be a road warrior. You know why? Because I'm the best there is. And if you don't believe that, take a look at this. The road warriors haven't got one of these. Dusty Rhodes hasn't got one. Nikita Koloff hasn't got one. Ric Flair's got one. And Tony Blanchard's got one. And Luger's gonna have one. And I'm gonna have one. And let me get one thing straight. The Fashion Tour is the greatest sporting event in all sports. And in Atlanta, July 4th, Jim Crockett has assembled the 10 best in this sport. A lot of money's involved, a lot of prestige, and a lot of glory. And I'll tell you what, I'm the first to admit I'm a glory happy mother. I love the glory. I live for the glory. And if you think that I'm getting in that cage with anything but straightforward intentions, you're sadly mistaken. And I speak for the four horses. We don't get in that ring thinking anything but victory every time we walk that aisle. There's 26 fashions, 26 cities. The Road Warriors, the Garbage, Koloff, Dusty Rhodes, Magnum TA, the Four Horsemen, the greatest athletes in this sport are going to be competing for the most money. And I want you to think about this, Larry Bird. I'll make more money in the month of July than you made last year. You like that bird? And you know what else, bird? You're gonna sit home a loser when I walk around the world. Custom made, a winner. Now the Rock and Roll Express, they got the whole month of July to defend those titles. Let me tell you something, Ricky Morton. You might be a big deal with the little teeny boppers and the little tiny training bras. But to a man like me, you're nothing. I am the world champion. The four horsemen are going to be on tour coming. I'm going to show you what I mean. Come with me. Come with me. And you better have the right answer. 
who's the most man you've ever known in your entire life. All right. That's right. And this studio's full of women. The world's full of women that know that Nikita Koloff is crazy because we don't chase girls. They chase us. And I'll tell you something about the bash in Dallas, Texas. There's more women walking around Dallas with my personal brand than the other city in the world. The World Heavyweight Champion, Ric Flair. We're going back to the ring. Okay, Doc, I got one question. What are the odds Rick laid some pipe on that broad that he brought out there? She had some bodacious tatas, didn't she? Uh, she was all right, she, but she was showing a little bit, so that's probably enough to get a guy like Rick panting after it. Sure. Uh, I'm gonna ask you 100, again. Hundred percent. All right. Hundred <laughs> percent. Whether she wanted to or not. Yeah, buddy. Okay, so, he's out there trying he, to cut a heel promo. Well, but the, cr- the crowd, the crowd is screaming, him. "You the man, champ, 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 four horsemen." I. I He's we don't chase. Face. We don't chase bitches. They chase us. And dude, if we come to Dallas, they all carry in a little bit of rope inside of them from me. Wow. He said he busted out all the rats here. You came to Dallas to get you a, a woman, didn't you? I mean, I didn't come to Dallas for a woman. It just Couldn't find one down in that stinky Nola, so you had to come up here, right? Nah, that's not true. Oh, okay. But see, that's what I was talking about earlier, that in the broad logic deal, man, you don't want to go to Chicago to get a girl, man. All that, that like cold weather and that wind makes them all haggard looking. You need to come okay. to Dallas. It's that, it's, that, it's that heat. It's that moisturizing Gulf breeze that comes up here, and the bitches are looking good. Can you get to the Ric Flair promo, please? He said he was busting out guts in Dallas, man. That's an important <laughs> detail for this. He said, when I come to that bash in Dallas, just know he's got his personal brand on him, his own – Four Horsemen brand of jism. Okay, how over is he with the with everyone? Everyone as a babyface. I mean, run for mayor, dude. He tried, didn't he? Or maybe he did something back in like the early two thousands, I think. But he may not want he may not want Rick and local <laughs> local government. But <laughs> man, <laughs> did he use the line early on when he was still back at the podium that he's a glory hungry mother? Something like that. Dude, he called him. He's about to drop an F-bomb on TV, bruh. I'm co- we're coming in there to win. So that was cute when all five of these little Halloween characters were out here a minute ago. But let's not get confused. This is still the horsemen, and we're still the champs, and I still got this, and you don't, and we ain't coming to these to lose. The other thing I was thinking is, is they got to bleed 26 times. What did Arn say? We bled it. I thought I'm surprised we didn't bleed to death. He, yeah, his words in that promo, uh, not promo, interview he did. Uh, Great American Bash 87. I'm surprised we didn't bleed to death. This, uh, you know how, like I said. You know, we, you know how we said recently that guys don't have that belt sander look on their head right lately much anymore? That they did in 85 and 86? I have a feeling for seven to Eight of these guys is come getting ready to come back. <laughs> well, Magnum leading up to his car accident. God, his the belt sander on his head Manny, was just Manny would open up in the ring without yeah, getting hit because he was so messed he, up. 
All right, let's keep going. We got Italian Stallion versus Tommy Angel up next. Italian Stallion yeah. wins. We got Mike Force and Larry Stevens versus Midnight Express. Midnight Express win. And then we got Corny. Let's hear what Corny's got to say on his promo after the Midnight win. You know something like I was saying, Ricky Martin, Robert Gibson, I want to talk directly to you. You see, there is one fact that surrounds, that dominates the whole thing between Midnight Express and Rock and Roll Express. Who's the best? Who's the world champion? There's one fact. You can run from that fact. You can hide from that fact. You can ignore that fact. You can get all the people to ignore it. You can get Jim Crockett promotions to ignore it. And most of all, you can down deep inside yourselves. You can turn your back on it. But the fact is that the Midnight Express are the greatest tag team that professional wrestling has ever seen. And they can beat the Rock and Roll Express. That is a plain and simple fact. And nobody can dispute it. Nobody can do in the ring what these two men can. And Rock and Roll, what you are is you're going around defending the belts against all the other opponents that you know you can beat. Because you can take everybody else. I won't take that away from you. But you can't take these men. The great American bashes are coming up all across the month of July, all across the country. The greatest sporting events and the greatest sporting facilities that have ever been presented by any sports promotion. And I want you, rock and roll, if you're any kind of men, if you're not the gutless cowards that I say you are, defend your World Tag Team Championship against the Midnight Express and the Great American Bash, something that the whole sports world is going to have their eyes on. And you can either shut me up or you can lose those World Tag Team belts to my men right here and it will settle the issue once and for all. Who is the real Express in professional wrestling? We'll have more action right after this. <laughs> Tony was What's not impressed. No, he wasn't. He's kind of pissed off. But at least he didn't have Dennis messing with him at the podium anymore. Because Dennis, so Dennis was just screwing him all the time. If you just stand there long enough, Stan Lane will attract some bitches. He, do you see him when he? <laughs> he's just out standing there. there. He's just hanging. He might as well just be dropping his pants and waving and putting the flag out. Like this is what it's about. He's got the look on his face like, I'm banging him. I'm banging them all. I'm glad they brought me to Atlanta. The pussy was good where I was at in Florida, but it's going up. It's top shelf here. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, what else you got from it, Doc? Just, I mean, he's jumping up and down to say we're better than the rock and roll. That's got to come to a head at some point. Did you hear the crowd? Cheering for the midnight there? Midnight. Midnight. The crowd is confused. <laughs> they are on the side. Maybe that's why Dusty's like, I am not going out there. And I know it's a common thing. I've, I mean, I've, I've read it and I've, I've heard it uh, in different shoot interviews and whatnot. That Dusty, you, you notice how you don't see him in the studio a lot cutting promos. Even when he came out with the Road Warriors a little while ago. He, well, he was out there. You didn't hear him and you can't see him because it's only audio podcast. But he's out there and uh, he ain't grabbing no mic, man. <laughs> but, okay. The next uh, next up, we got a match. It's Daryl Dalton and Rick Sullivan versus Arn Anderson and Tully. Arn hits the spine buster. Tully hits slingshot suplex. Arn and Tully win. And then we go straight from that to a promo with uh, JJ, Journey, and the Horsemen all out there to close out the show. Going off hot. Here it is. And earlier, I know everyone here saw the other team that came out. Congratulations. Great win. Very impressive victory, world television champion. But the man that set it up is the man among the four horsemen that we call the Enforcer. And of course, that's none other than Arn Anderson. What it is, 
as we go all over this country, leading into the barracks, everybody asks the same question. In the gym, why is the intensity there? When you put in a 7-Eleven, why do you have a blank, blind stare on your face? Because the bottom line is, we do have intensity, because it is time for the bashes. And when you're wrestling the likes of Dusty Rhodes, the Kina Koloff, the Road Warriors, the Rock and Roll, the Garbage, whoever it may be, and you don't have that intensity, you're going to end up on the short end of the stick. Now, when I'm affiliated with gentlemen like Tony Blanchard, Rick Flair, the Total Package, James J. Dillon, when I am fortunate enough to be affiliated with individuals like that, I'm not going to let myself down. I'm not going to let them down. I'm not going to let my ego interfere or interrupt what our objective is. Now they say, double A, right now, you're not what they call a champion. But in my heart and in my gut, I know we defend not collectively. We defend what he has collectively, what he's going to have collectively. And when we have the world tag titles and breast UV, we got to shout at him now. We're going to defend those collectively. So you look in my eyes and you say, double A, why are you always so intense? Why do you come out here and say what you feel? Because I do feel it. I feel it being a horseman. It's the greatest thing. We'll see you next week, fans. I'm torn on a Rolex because of what Orange just did, and I felt this when I watched it. Orange line with, I'm not a champ, but we defend that TV and world TV title collectively. Mm. Mm. Hey, you it, makes you, it makes you wonder, man. So, really, we just went about six weeks since the last substantive. I, I think he cut a promo last week at the end. But since it's been about six weeks since he got some real, all right, give him some room, airtime. <laughs> man, might want to look into doing that a little bit more often because that was believable, like a some bitch. Yeah, he was he was on it there. Uh, what else you got from it, Doc? Man, it's just when he says shit like that, you could see them just being at the gym, intense, blank stares, serious about this, defending shit, owning it's, shit. It's very believable. He ain't, just... he, ain't, he ain't telling you something he doesn't believe. Right, he's not farting around. It's it's believable. That when he said I might not that was a perfect line. I might not be a champion, but we defend that title collectively, that title collectively and he's pointing to the TV in the world and then he points at Lex and the title he's going to have, we defend those collectively. I mean, he just Arn's good. He's believable. He knows how to look at the camera. He's just everything he does is just perfect. There's like, like if you think about it, have you ever seen an uh, Arn Anderson promo that you didn't like? Nope. Mm-mm. All right, so it's that's how they go off air, which I loved. So it's time for us to rate this puppy. Doc, you go first. Me? Yeah. Well, you want me to go oh, first? Let's let Harper go first this week. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you want to go or you want me to go? I really. Where like is it. Harper anyway? You never did tell us. Uh, he he got stuck at work. He got stuck handling some business. You, you know, said he was on the work. bad side of town too. Was he in Gentilly? Uh, he no, he was not in Gentilly. He, but well, that's but, the uh, bad he, part of New Orleans, right? Doc, uh, do you want to rate this or do you want me to rate? It? Who's going first? I want you to rate it first. I'm torn. Uh, I'm going str- I'm I'm to be honest. I'm struggling with this episode. I'm, I'm struggling with the definitive good rating here. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna shock you on this. I'm, I really am. 
the thing about this is you got to remember we didn't watch although there are episodes of Saturday night that the matches were fantastic we generally did not tune in to Saturday night to see five star matches we tuned in for the promos and the first about 35 minutes of this episode was not all that great especially match wise it just was like it was a drag it was just just took way too long but it's but the promo early on with Dusty and Magnum when they were sitting down was all right but when Crockett came in talked about stopping payment and the barbed wire match it started to pick up and then when JJ and Tully and Dark Journey came out and JJ was gloating and talking about dumping the money bag and getting his money counted. That's when it started getting good. So I thought, again, we don't rate these for matches. We we, we watched this shit for the promos back in the day. Uh, I'm going to give it an A- minus because I thought Whoa. once it hit its stride, uh, I thought there were some really good promos in this. The, the episode was really, really long, but I don't think that should drag down the score. So I'm giving the A minus. I I enjoyed the promos here. I I I mean, especially them last last three to four, Arn, Rick, and the Road Warriors. Although all that happened in the last thirty minutes, that shit was great from all three of them. And Corny wasn't bad either. So I, I'm A minus. What are you giving it? Ah, oof. You and I have a different opinion on this episode. Here we go. Just fucking spit it out, man. I it, come on, bro. Do we need to go through this every time? Okay. It ain't that fucking hard, guys. We ain't building a rocket. I'm going to say, and I feel like I'm being generous here, B minus. Okay. Well, I like wrestling and you don't. That's what that means. <laughs> what? That's, huh. Yeah. Okay. Sure thing, Patna. Is that what your people <laughs> B, say? Patna? B, Did B I get that minus. right? Did I get the vowel right you, at the end? Who are you giving your Rolex to? Well... As much as I liked how we went off the show hot and bothered, I got to give it to Tully for a couple of things he said about beating up a crippled man, and then I be- nobody beats Dusty more than I do. That's He bookended a great JJ promo with two hotlines of his own. Give me Tully. All right. I'm going to go in a direction that people probably don't think I was going to go, and I'm going to give it to the Row Warriors because – not only was it a good promo, but I believe if you want to get a team or two people to plug the the war games, that's your two guys. We're leading up to war games, the first one, so I'm giving it to the Real Wars. Uh, nothing that they said was unusual or great, but I just thought the placement of it and then their delivery going into war games, there's, there's no two guys that you want doing that and delivering that and building it up better than them, so... Real Warriors get it. Probably the first time I've given it to them or, or they've gotten it in a, in a while. Uh, and Tully, too. You, I don't know if Tully's gotten one in a while. Arn's gotten plenty. Cornette's gotten plenty. Rick's gotten plenty. They, they're they're all out there. But uh, I'm giving it to the Warriors. So, uh, All right. Well, we got to get over to Bruce Mitchell, part two. Before we do that, I want to remind everyone, please use our Amazon referral link, uh, tinyurl.com slash Amazon. Doc, have you gotten your book yet? Death of the Territories? Dude, it's sitting on my nightstand. I'm going to start it tonight, pal. Okay, I got my open I up, got my Open copy. up, a, get a little snifter of cognac going and yeah, okay. crack open a book. 
I got mine as well, Death of the Territories, and I got it from tinyurl.com slash bttamazon. I have no clue when I'm going to uh, have a chance to read it, but uh, if you are in, in the in the market for not only that book, but Bobby Blaze's book, Pin Me, Pay Me, and if you just want to help support this show on an, uh, you know, with money that you're already spending on Amazon, please use it. Again, it's tinyurl.com slash bttamazon. You can buy anything and everything from there. Give it to the wives, girlfriends, or the side pieces in your life. And have them use it, bookmark it, and we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, Doc, let's get on over to Bruce Mitchell Part 2, and then we'll come back and close out this show shortly. So, uh, Doc, with Harper not here, why don't you hit the tagline and get us over to Bruce? Book it, bitch. Let me ask you this, Bruce. Uh, when we were in the pre-show, I was talking to you about uh, Rick Rude and leaving Jim Crockett Promotions. So, I mean, you know the story. May of 87, he leaves on, uh, just to give you a quick recap, on the May 30th, 1987 episode of Worldwide and Saturday Night, Manny Fernandez and Ivan Koloff are named NWA World Tag Team Champions because, you know, as the story goes, uh, Rick Rude was hurt and Crockett allowed Koloff, and, uh, Koloff to fill Rude's place uh, So because Rude was injured and then when he actually had left the promotion the thing was on the very next episode of saturday night <laughs> on june the 6th uh yep. the, the show opens with shivani and crockett telling us we have new world tag team champion and it's, and it's the rock and roll express well so i need to get i want your you know i remember this as a kid but what did you think about all this when it happened how bad would you say they messed this up by one week granting ivan and manny the titles following the next week showing the rock and roll beat rude and manny uh, fernandez for the titles and never mentioning anything about the injury or giving any explanation about about why they aired what they aired the week before yeah um you know by that time we read the observer so that match that they showed apparently they had a match that had been taped i don't know if it's been taped the japan there was a japanese wrestling show that would show main events and show um matches from the united states of guys that were going to tour for all Japan or new japan particularly all japan pro wrestling but for new japan pro wrestling too and and so they would they might have gotten that tape, but there was a match between um, Rude and Raging and and the Rock and Roll Express before before Rude and before Rude and, and Manny Fernandez won the titles that they had somehow, and so they showed that and claimed that that was when the Rock and Roll Express won, which I thought was a better solution than Manny and Ivan. Um, Ivan was getting a little old, was getting a little long in the tooth, a little old, and and it wasn't the same. And you know, as far as the charisma went, it was it was Rick Rude. Manny was a great, great wrestler, but um, he, you know, you could kind of tell he was in the doghouse forever. You know, it's like and and years later, found out why he's as as great a wrestler as he was in the early '80s and mid '80s. Um, he's not the best person. So um. You know, so anyway, yeah, we thought it was a mess, and it was again something where something was kind of going wrong, and and you know, you, you're not thinking as you're thinking that being the world tag team champions in the NWA and Jim Crockett Promotions would pay a ton. So why would a guy leave that that spot? Because hey, he's world champion. You know, he's world tag team champions, and that those belts were you know over in the promotion and and all that. Why would he go to WWF? Well, you know, if anybody made the right move as far as um, you know, as far as career goes, he made the right move. Boy, um, did it was he? Inter- you know, boy, did he? And it was interesting that um, you know, and 
he was a guy that was get, catching some momentum. And, you know, he'd been in world class. He'd been in Florida. Um, he'd actually even been on Georgia Championship Wrestling as Rick R-O-O-D as a baby face. And he'd been in mm-hmm. Memphis. And you, you kind of saw him get better and better. And, you know, he got to Crockett. We were really excited to see him. I remember there was a, there was a cage match with him and Ricky Morton in the Dorton Arena where he climbed to the top of the cage and did he didn't do a superfly leap, but he le- leapt off the top of the cage and came down with a fist. Um, I can't remember if Morton rolled out of the way or not, but um, probably did. But um, he came down with a fist that was really, you know, it was really quite the move. You're like, damn, you know, like look at that. And you know, we were looking forward to seeing him. And and, and he and Fernandez seemed to have a chemistry. Like they were, you know, Fernandez was able to be more like himself. With, in other words, this is complete jerk who was mean and was a bully and and rude was definitely like that too you know rude had that you know he had had that great cockiness even then and so um they but they had paul jones with them and they had finally ended the paul jones jimmy valiant feud that lasted forever and um for me it's kind of a camp classic now but it it was it was it had gone on too long uh, by that I, I, I loved it but it did it went on for a long ass time and if you look at it and, you know, they drew money with it. So, and I knew that even back then, it's like, well, people go to see this. It's like, so, you know, th- they should keep it going as long as they had people going to see it. And, the, and the whole story of the whole story of going back and forth between Paul Jones and Jimmy Valiant, it actually makes sense that the hair shaving and Shaska Watley and which, which is a camp classic to me. I mean, that is like one of the funniest. I, I remember the night it happened. I was just laughing my ass off. I just thought that was that really cool. that, that was it's so ridiculously good. So and funny. yeah, it was like yeah, it was, <laughs> it was so campy, so ridiculous, so you know the whole thing of it. And then um, coming into Manny Fernandez, it seemed like every week Paul Jones had money for him, and he would turn him down. And you know, as a heel fan, we we're like, take his damn money. You know, that's <laughs> what we wanted to see was guys get corrupted. So um, you know, and then he did it, and that was you know. And Valiant, you know, Valiant was great at the, um, you broke my heart kind of like, look like a puppy dog. It was like, he'd start you know, like a dog. He like kind of, he'd shake his head sorrowfully and shake his head back and forth and all that stuff. So, um, so they put those two together and Paul Jones had a job for life for, for whatever reason. But what we heard after that was that, that neither Fernandez or rude like Paul Jones at all. They didn't want to be with him. And part of it was he was a bad manager and he, um, you know, and he wasn't the, he wasn't the best talker and they didn't need a talker. Both of them could talk. Um, well, one of them could talk and the other one could just go 90 miles a minute. And that was Manny, but you know, yeah. and, and so, um, but they thought, and I've heard this in other places. Um, and I did a big long obituary, um, on, on Bruce Mitchell audio show on a podcast for Paul Jones. And I, he's an important figure. Yeah, I heard so, it, Bruce. I heard it. It was it okay. was damn good. It was yeah. yeah it, it was really really good. I, if anybody out there is a not a VIP uh, subscriber to the Torch or um, or has not heard it and is a VIP subscriber, I I would advise going back and listening to it because uh, it was a uh, it was a really good uh, tribute to him. And I mean, it was about an hour long, wasn't it? Uh, it felt like oh, it was, it was longer a, than that. but it was yeah, re- it was a, yeah, it was real long. good. We did a long stuff because he he was a major deal with Jack Briscoe's career in Florida. He was you know, and he was the quintessential 
you know, white meat baby face in the Carolinas for a long time and, and did the great, did the great turn on Ricky Steamboat, which was, or Ricky Steamboat turned on him, whichever one it was. But that was, to me, that was like the, the most fun I had watching him. But anyway, wasn't so much fun watching him then. And those, you know, Manny Fernandez and Rick Rude thought he was a stooge, thought that he was, he was a tattletale, that he would go back to the office and tell them whatever they were doing or whatever other wrestlers were doing. And the truth of the matter is it was true. And those two probably weren't, you know, eating ice cream and, and um, reading their encyclopedias in between wrestling shows. So, um, so rude left and, you know, became a, you know, made a lot more money in, in the WWF and became a lot more famous. And the other thing about it is too, that was the end of Manny Fernandez, like Manny Fernandez, I, I, you know, who will dog anybody he doesn't like on, on shoot interviews or, or and, and, you know, Manny Fernandez, who was a Navy SEAL and played in the NFL, except he wasn't neither one of those things and still will stick to that to this day. Um, I, you know, he, you know, was in Vietnam, not a Navy SEAL. He was in Vietnam and he wasn't and, and all that kind of stuff. And he's still very much like that. Um, he never said anything bad about rude, but rude leaving, um, that was the end of his, you know, that was the end of his mainstream United States career. I mean, he worked in Puerto Rico. He worked some in Japan, particularly some of the smaller promotions. And, you know, he, he had the AWA feud with Manny Fernandez, but those are places where you weren't going to get paid, particularly AWA and, and Memphis at that point, he wasn't getting paid very much. And so that was the end of, you know, that was the end of Manny Fernandez's mainstream career in a lot of ways too. So it was um, an interesting time, but I thought, I thought of the two solutions and you really can't have both going on at the same time, but just to turn around and ignore the fact that they had said that, um, that Ivan Koloff was going to take Manny Fernandez's place. And I think there was a time too, where, where Rick Rude just wasn't on shows like before that, you know, like they, they, they were going around on house shows. And I think I saw, I can't remember, might might have been Dorton Arena or some other place. Um, but you know that he kind of disappeared, and then they finally dealt with it. And then they, I guess, they must have just come up with, "Hey, we have this tape, so let's just pretend like we never said anything the week before, because wrestling fans are dumb, and we'll go with this and instead." And I think it's not so much wrestling fans are dumb, but what would you rather see? You know, what would you rather see? Um, Manny Fernandez and Ivan Koloff defend against the Rock and Roll Express, or the Rock and Roll Express win in this tape? Get the get the tag championship back and then go back to whoever it was that wrestled the Midnight Express or somebody better than Manny and 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 Ivan for them. Yeah, I was while you were talking, I was trying to look in it because I have the I have uh, Mark James's book, and I remember looking at it actually when we were talking about this a couple weeks ago on the show, and I'm I'm trying to remember the actual last match that Rick Rude had, and I wanted to say it was something on like the. Maybe the 16th, but now I'm I'm doubting myself. Of uh, 16th of May, 1987. But you're right. He wasn't. I mean, he he had been gone for a little while before they actually decided to do this on television. And and you know, basically, no, no. I'm finding him here on the 22nd of May of 87. Hmm. So that's that's yeah. wrong. Uh, he, in Richmond, Virginia. Him and Manny beat Brad Armstrong and Bob on the 22nd, uh, May 22nd, 1987. That might actually be the last one actually that I'm looking at it. So yeah, they they definitely he he definitely left and <laughs> left him in a bad predicament and. Um, 
you know, like you said, it, it just was, re- it's weird. It's disjointed the way they did it. They, they probably should have just did the rock and roll thing from the get go rather than that one week, you know, showing Ivan and Manny with the belts and making it seem like it would work. And, and the thing was about it, the, the thing that was crazy about it was usually when there was an injury, like when Ole got injured and him and Arn were the national tag team champions, they just said, oh, they didn't defend him for 30 days or 60 days or whatever it was. And, and then what did they do? Bruce, they stripped them. So it was like, well, they did that when they were injured. What well, when Ole was injured, now they're just, you know, I, I, I don't know. Who they're knows what they were thinking at the time. That kind of, even back then, I mean, as much as good as that stuff could be in 86 and 85 and early part of 87, um, and it was good, they weren't consistent with that stuff. They always thought if we just kept – I mean, one of the big differences between Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling in the um, 70s, in the late 70s and early 80s, and then with Dusty Rhodes booking was that – they would go through the whole feud um, it, for the most part with, um, you know, in the, in the 70s with George Scott. They would, you know, have a beginning, middle, and end. With Dusty, it was always hot angle and then another hot angle and then another hot angle. But they would never really, you know, they would never really give you that blow-off match. They would try to sometimes at Starcade where they would change the chapter. Um, but a lot of times it was just, okay, you know, Tully and Dusty, people are getting tired of it. So now let's have this new angle that, that gets them hot again, or Ric Flair. And, that's, and, and so even though they had a great talent um, roster, you know, it wasn't just Dusty that was getting a little stale. They all, they, you've seen all the matchups that you could see. And, you know, a lot of people point to when they bought um, UWF from Bill Watts that there was talent there that they could have used to freshen up everything, and they just went out and beat them. You know, they just, and that was, you know, we were all like, okay, this is going to be fun. You know, Tully, um, Terry Taylor is a heel and Eddie Gilbert and Doc and, 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 um, you know, the Freebirds and Terry Gordy and all that. And it just didn't work out. They just beat them like drums and, and went back again to the same, the same hand. And in wrestling, you've got to change, you know, you, you know, the, the, um, the, the talent has to, has to change. And, and as I said, Dusty was getting, more obese and getting more egotistical and and just just putting everything around himself and it wasn't going to work and it didn't work yeah they really messed up that (laughs) they really messed up the uwf uh coming in that's that's a tragedy in a way i mean because you had like you said you had so much talent you probably could have did a lot you could have freshened things up and well we know how it all went down so (laughs) very unfortunate uh the way that was uh the way that was handled, but, you know, I mean, uh, it is what it is. Uh, you buy a company, and you want to make your guys look stronger, right? So who suffers from that, the, the company that you bought, with the exception of, uh, you know, one or two people? Uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, Bruce, real quick before, before we wrap up, uh, we, we've been having a lot of fun talking about the new breed because uh, they came in a couple weeks back or a couple months ago now. Uh, what were your thoughts on the new breed when they first came in? Well, I talked about this with the death of Chris Champion on um, Torch Audio, but we liked them a lot. And I, I remember there was this one match where they wrestled the Rock and Roll Express, and um, we, you know, we we liked the they're from the future. We thought that was funny, um, and they had a lot of energy. And Sean Royal um, could do could do the best hawk imitation there was and he could he could imitate wrestlers and so we you know we liked them and anybody that was up against the rock and roll express we were for that too 
and what's it, rock and roll or midnight's but anyway rock and roll i'll just say what rock and roll express um and if you look it up and see it's the midnight express excuse me it's been 30 some years but <laughs> they really you know the new breed really kind of stole that show and you know one thing was this was back when um record companies looked at at putting you know, hit songs on TV shows for themes of popular acts as extra advertising. They didn't look at it like a ripoff. And, and that was something, you know, WD does a great job with their, you know, with interest themes now. And it's understandable that they, you know, they want to get every dime that they can. And so, you know, you know, instead of paying out money, um, but the wrestling companies didn't pay out money. But anyway, the new breed came out to, um, you got, you got to fight for your right to party by the beastie boys. And that was, was as cool a song and as and and as current a song as you could possibly have in whatever it was 1987 so um i was a music guy going to a lot of concerts and and i'm not saying i played any music i have no talent but i was a music guy that paid attention to all that stuff and i think maybe casey o'connor did but of my friends the rest of them really weren't but when that came out and that music hit everybody stood up and sang all you know sang the whole thing and, you know, that was a great moment, you know, like this just this great energy moment. And the other part I remember is Chris Champion climbing. You think, and I think about this and what we see today and, and, you know, went to all in and what we saw at all in and every other, you know, just everywhere and some to this, you know, amazing degree um, for a lot of it's great. Some of it isn't, but anyway, Chris Champion climbed to the top rope, stood at the turnbuckle and um, Ricky Morton is down on the ground, kind of hunched over because he's he's hurt a little bit, and, or selling that he's hurt a little bit. And he leapt down. He leaped. Chris Champion leaped down onto um, onto Ricky Morton, and we thought that was the greatest thing we'd ever seen. We hadn't seen any um, lucha. We didn't see seen anything. You know, we'd seen. It was, I was a couple of years away from getting Japanese tapes. It's like I hadn't seen anything. You know, I hadn't seen. I maybe had seen one Dynamite Kid match. And one Dynamite Kid match or, and one Tiger match, Tiger Mask match. And so when he came down, I was like, oh, my God, this guy is the greatest guy ever. And then um, they just faded away. And, and, you know, Sean Royal never came back because of that car wreck. And, and Chris Champion, whenever he came back, it wasn't the same guy. It just didn't – he didn't have any of the um, – you know, he didn't have any of the young energy that he had. And he was, you know, he was Yoshi Kwan and, and, you know, all the stuff that happened to him in those other promotions and, you know, including the infamous story of being the, the, the Ninja Turtle and in, in Memphis. And, um, because that was an, you know, get a teenage mutant Ninja Turtle outfit and, and wrestle. And if you're a small guy, that was, a, you could make a buck doing that. And so he's going around the ring um, hugging the girls and, and hugging everybody and high-fiving guys. And he um, tongue-kissed some girl at ringside. Turned out that she was not quite of age, and he got in a lot of trouble. So um, you, know, the, you, you look at that stuff. But, yeah, it was like a moment in time where you thought the new breed were going to be – they weren't going to be the they weren't going to be the Midnight Express. They weren't that good, but nobody was. But they were going to be – you know, they were going to be in the tag team – division and and be good in Crockett promotions and they just you know they just faded away i hated the from the future thing i did like chris champion a lot i thought i thought his promos were good i thought like in the ring he was he was tremendous to me. Sean Roy, I wasn't as big of a fan of the thing that I couldn't get past with them. Uh, just for me was the, was the, from the future thing. Cause I, and the we problem is when you, dumb. I mean, you know, we laughed at it. Yeah. We thought it was there, but it was, 
it was kind of like they came to the future. Like if you could come <laughs> from the future to the past, would you go be a tag team? I mean, it's like wouldn't you like, wouldn't you like go invest in the stock market or you know That's wait around for after the start? Yeah, it's like you just go be a. Ta- it's like yeah, you know. And we were comic book guys, and, and you know, I'd read my share of science fiction by that point. It was like, yeah, th- that was pretty cheesy. I mean, that was really cheesy. So. Well, then, do you remember Bruce? They're using terms in the promos like the flux capacitor from from. You know, Back to the Future, and 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 they're they're using Back to the Future terms, which that 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 was a thing too that got me. And I said the same thing. I was like, you know, if if I was if I wanted to say, because that was what what I think Champion said in one of his first promos. If I wanted to save wrestling, I don't think I would come back to 1987. I might go make sure that there's you know three solid companies. I'd figure out a way to make sure there's three solid companies in America so that there's not a monopoly with the WWE come 2002. Uh, that might oh, be. Yeah, we were like, yeah, believe me, we were like, <laughs> go shoot Hulk Hogan. It's like, you know, yeah. go shoot Hulk Hogan. Or, or throw, you know, throw Vincent Man off a, you know, throw Vincent Man off a cliff or something. It's like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. just, just go and try, just go and be, you know, a, a, the number six ranked tag team for <laughs> for the NWA. But yeah, I mean that. Yeah, that was that part of the gimmick really didn't fly very well i mean it just nobody paid any attention to it that i remember and it doesn't age it doesn't age well either at this point that's the other problem with it too well it's like yeah oh go Go ahead ahead. i'm sorry go ahead no 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 go ahead okay well there's a lesson in that which was they they said it 16 years in the future and if you're old like i am 16 years you know looking back now um it's not that long a time you know it's like if you're going to say the future, the best – if you're going to say you come from the future, come from 100 years or more in the future. Don't come from like you know, a decade and a half because that isn't going to cut it. I mean that's, that's going to be you – know, you know, that's going to go by, and then you're going to be looking right. at going – you're looking at these old shows going, oh, wow, they're from the year 2000. <laughs> you know, where's the, um, you know, you know, where's the car that we fly in? You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Bruce, you know, uh, thank you again for doing this. I always appreciate your time. Uh, it was a fun discussion. I, I had no idea about the story with Dusty and Tully and Tommy Young and had no idea Tommy Young confirmed it. So that was really, really interested. And uh, I appreciate you doing it. And uh, we'll definitely have to do it again uh, once school is uh, once school is out. So uh, we got we got a ways to go. But uh, I appreciate your time. I know I know you yeah. cut a lot of audio with Wade uh, every single week. So uh, and this is a busy time of the year for you. So yeah. thank you. And, you know, and I know people are sick of hearing my voice um, after all in. So, but still, an opportunity to talk about this and to tell that story. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm up for it. The only thing next time when we do this, um, I'm not going to mention JB's name. So I just <laughs> want to be clear about that. <laughs> JB's messing with you. He's listening right now, and he's probably uh, thinking that damn Bruce. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> all right, Bruce, Old thank you eyes. again, man. Yeah. Anytime, Mike. This was fun. This was fun. All right, everybody. That was part two with Bruce Mitchell. You could have got it earlier. I can't. I can't believe you keep bringing that guy back on the show. You should just eliminate him. Eliminate him and let us, me and Harper, go longer. (laughs) You like Bruce and his analysis. Bruce, he's playing heel. I know you've, if you're listening, he's playing heel. Don't listen to Doc. He thinks he's a heel. He really does think he's a heel. And he tries hard. But as but as uh, Tim Arecci, longtime BTT patron and Hall of Fame member, says, 
Doc is not half the heel that Harper is. And that's a fact, right, Doc? Who's here tonight? Okay. Oh, that's Harper the, couldn't make it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a heel oh, move. Man. No what? show. No showing is this heel move. <laughs> <laughs> hey, before we get out of here, I got to uh, mention a couple of friends of mine. The wrestling podcast about nothing with ROH's Kingpin Brian Malonis and Mike Crockett. They do their thing every single Monday. Check them out at Wrestling Podcast About Nothing or the WPAN, wherever you get your podcast from. And uh, enjoy their show. They do some classic stuff and they uh, reviewed a, an old movie this week, a wrestling movie called uh, Ready to Rumble. You remember that, Doc? Jesus Christ! Yeah, they they took a big shit on it. So just just so you know, that spawned that spawned the worst world champion in world champion history. Well, there you go. So check them out. The wrestling podcast about nothing. They do a great job. Uh, Brian Malonis is tag teaming with Beer City Bruiser these days in ROH, and they're really doing a good job starting to heat up in the tag division. So two good guys that do that show with uh, Malonis and Mike Crockett, who's been a guest on this show quite a few times. And then also one other shout-out to Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, run by Joe Morata and Michael Quinn, as they give their take on the northern side of pro wrestling's history. Slightly classier, a little bit more professional than us, Joe and Quinn just hit episode number 100 for their episode. So thank you for all your plugs, guys. Uh, please give them a listen if you support us. They are independent, just like we are, just like the WPAN, and uh, they could use and would appreciate your support. Again, it's our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Just search them wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, Doc, we kind of went kind of quick this week, man. Uh, it's it's different without Hopper, isn't it? We, we kind of go quicker. Well, first of all, and real important, we start on time when he's not here. <laughs> And that's that's a real important point. To, Wait, hold to, on. I got to stop you. That's a shoot, brother. <laughs> that's a shoot. Everybody <laughs> loves Harper on both sides of the aisle. Oh, we love but Harper. But there's one thing Harper's not known for, and that's his punctuality. <laughs> I sw- what was it? A, it's got about three or four weeks to come out, but we cut Smoky Mountain a few Saturday. Uh, few, I guess it was last Wednesday, Friday. He ain't been to bed yet. Yeah, I remember that one. Oh, I remember that one. <laughs> and you're right. You're right, dude. Yeah, I just ain't been to bed. Brian, it's nine o'clock in the morning. Dude, when he said that, I was like, what? But then I looked at a couple of his messages to me on Facebook and on text, and he he was one hundred percent real with that one. He hadn't been to bed yet. That's okay, a bro- so, so that's a broad living. Yeah, real quick in the broad in the broad logic episode we did earlier tonight. That's a patron episode. So this was the post that my wife put on social media. Uh, the the and in quotes it says it's only five dollars. Why not buy it? Mentality has probably cost me like ten thousand at this point in my life. And and you and I made a joke out of that. Uh, Doc, would you agree with that? That's how broads think. And it probably has cost them that much. You wanted to. If you wanted to sleep on the couch tonight, you could have come behind it with uh, uh, on the same thread, make it 20. Um, I did say, yep, and every piece of decor that has found its way to the trash after a few years because it's old would agree with that statement. Um, I don't know about hey, how's that. That seems how's excessive. That, well, how's that new trash can that you guys bought not too long ago working out for I you? Don't, I, I don't I don't want to talk about the trash can. <laughs> Fuck that trash can. Oh, man. Have y'all painted your tile yet? 
You remember that too, huh? We were talking about paint tile. All that's behind the paywall, everybody. Some some utterly insane stuff. That's the kind of things you get is us having doing our own promos on the HGTV world. I remember everything. You'd you'd think how much I drink, my brain would be pickled and it would be addled to the point I can't remember it. But uh, I'm right in here with you, pal, living this life. Well, I live... Broads living. I'm living my best life. I'm living my best life. I'm I'm being my best me. (laughs) And I'm I'm just trying to make it to the end of the day without choking somebody. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, bro. I'm with you on that one. Uh, well, Harper's not here. I know Wildcat's coming up with a show October something or another. Hell, it's probably like Meisler or Grace King, and there's probably all kinds of matches and. Harper will do something and get attacked oh, by a fan. So I do need to mention this, uh, though, uh, because a lot of people have been asking. Uh, the deal is about the Wildcat slash BTT convention. Uh, I wouldn't call it a convention because I'm not in the conventions or I think that's just not the right terminology. But no, Doc will not be there. So the, here's the plan, everybody, as we're, as we're closing this out. Uh, the plan is... Wildcat, as Doc does know, they do a what's called a Wildcat X-rated show once a year. And it's usually during the summertime in New Orleans. It's at a uh, pretty big bar. I mean, it holds like a thousand people. So you can get good seats no matter where you're sitting. But uh, that's the one that Tracy Smothers usually usually does. Doc, well, actually, not usually. He's done the last three to four. So he's, he's pretty much always there. I would assume he's going to be there next year. But anyway, so what Harper and I were thinking was, we talked about this, is we'll do a get together. It will be it will be at that. So as soon as Bro, you better, I know, you better take these. You better take these sap ass marks to the Golden Corral like Bolin and Corny did, or I'm gonna slap both of you. Well, you're stupid. Um, I'm gonna so... sit there and watch you eat a meal. <laughs> do you? I don't want to. Don't say. Okay, let's go. Back to <laughs> you know where I'm gonna cover that event at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the, no, let me get back to what I was on topic. The deal is we're going to do, so, we'll do something. It's not going to be anything like BTT sponsored or whatever. It's just going to be, Hey, the Wildcat X rated show is going to take place. I don't know if it's June, July, uh, 15th of 2019. The plan is, you know, just make that announcement. Uh, I will, uh, I will probably not probably, I will go, you know, be there. Harper's obviously going to be there cause he'll be, he'll be working that show. And since it's in a, night. I know you are. Since it's in a bar after the the funny part is you could go and no one would know. As long as you don't open your mouth and you're just kinda hanging out in a bar. Anyway, the the thing is it's I'm out of nine big, hours for that. Okay. Yeah, it's or a, I, could, I could sit at my house and avoid all of you people, which sounds like a so, far better plan. The thing is, it's not a convention because it's at a bar. So all you're gonna have to do is obviously you have to pay your way to get to New Orleans. Uh and you know, get your ticket to the show, and then you can drink afterwards with uh, Harper and watch Harper get shit faced with Tracy Smothers because that's what he's done to the last three uh, after the show. So there you go. Uh, more news will come once we get to that point, but we did we did talk about that. Hey, you know what? Uh, you have a year to plan on, right? What's that? You got to figure out how to get Tim Horner booked on Wildcat for that. No, that's okay. No, 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 thank you. Um, but I don't. I, hey, I don't have to show up. I can just book this show. Tell Luke I'm going to book this show. That's what's going on with the Wildcat meet and greet sometime in 2019. At least that is the plan as long as there is an X-rated show. So as soon as I know the date of that X-rated show, uh, I will post it in either the Facebook group or on Twitter and let everyone know, and then they can make plans if they want to head down there. 
Maybe I could don a hood and FaceTime with you guys down there. <laughs> that would be funny. You probably should do that. I mean, I got Skype on my phone, so I, we, we, we technically could do that. Uh, it's too bad you couldn't make it because it would be well, fun to. Well, I to... can't, you know, and it's a miracle that I get out of my house each and every day to go to work. I guess. Uh, Doc, anything else before we uh, blow this joint and get up, 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 and get up on out of tidy, here? This has been a tidy, swift, punctual on time, economical, loaded with brevity show. I think we should go over ahead. Maybe you should go ahead and hit the tagline and get us on out of here. I will do so in a second. I want to remind everyone to please check out our Pro Wrestling Tea store or check out the Tea Public store. The links are in the show description uh, on the device that you are listening to this episode. Check it out. Buy a couple of t-shirts. Go buy a Doc shirt. Go buy a Harper shirt. Go buy any of the designs that we have up. It would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Doc, it's time I'm to done. go, bro. Let's get, yeah, let's it's, time to go. it's time to go. It's, I think it's time to go. Hit it. Book it, bitch.